0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, handy listeners, such as you are. Uh, Welcome to this well and truly long overdue episode of uh, of Roll Dice, Eat Rice. Um, I have recorded this episode once already, um, but due to the mysteries of technology and the wonders of the internet, that episode is lost to the wind, so we are going to attempt... To, to, to recreate it, um, and I'm joined by um, a gentleman I had a lovely conversation with last time, and it's a real shame I don't get to play it to you, but hopefully we'll do our best to recreate it. Um, one of the lads from uh, Gaming with the Guys Miniatures. Um, why don't you introduce yourself, Chap?
1: Yes, hi, thank you so much for having me on. Uh,
0: Jason, or as Greg
1: would put it, Gaming Greg would put it, I'm apparently dubbed Gaming Jason now. There was no <laughs> meaning at that. That was just on an episode on a whim, so apparently I am Gaming Jason until further notice. Um, and thanks so much, Beards, for having me on uh, again for a second time. I love being able to talk with you, so yeah, we'll not lose this to the almighty powers of Microsoft.
0: <laughs> um, Yeah, that's the, the beauty of this, is that we get to have a fun conversation all over again. Admittedly, that's purely for our benefit rather than, you know, handy listeners. But the other benefit is when we spoke last time, it was pre-Adepticon. Yep, that uh, is correct. <laughs> uh, and then of course now we are in a post Adepticon world. So really, before we get into it, how was your Adepticon?
1: Um, my Adepticon was a lot of fun. Um I got to see after not attending for two years, we got to see a lot of people that we hadn't been able to see. Um, being part of the YouTube side, we got to meet me and Greg got to meet some of the people who've subscribed to the channel, so that was kinda neat for those people Always who checked nice. in. Um Um and then spending of a lot of money. Um some less <laughs> more than others, of course.
0: The curse um, of conventions.
1: Yep. And then of course for Adepticon here, um, as Greg announced, um, I actually did manage to place second in the Grandmasters tournament. Um only behind my uh my good lifelong friend uh Bobo T Baggins on uh, on Discord.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and congratulations, like second at a Grandmasters event is nothing to be sniffed at. Um, so yeah, massive congratulations. And is the list we're talking about today the list um, that you piloted throughout Adepticon?
1: Yes, it is. Um, since I played the traveling show theme, um, this was what I got stuck with all day. Unfortunately, I was not able to be a man of culture and took order for battle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I, I, I One of the reasons I started this podcast originally, A, is just because I like the sound of my own voice, but B, um, I wanted to demonstrate... Where possible that uh, you don't have to have the in themes to be a competitive list um so it's been really gratifying throughout this process, yes, you know, ordered for battle has appeared on this this podcast and doubtless will again, but it's really, really nice to see the uh the more thematic uh element of Bushido still having a very good presence within the uh The competitive scene but um so let's let's start right at the top um you've mentioned traveling show as your theme and you know you saying you're not a man of culture but you're playing the trade syndicate so you know you absolutely are as that's one of my factions (laughs) there there we go that
1: that makes me feel better after being pinned as the bad guy on youtube except for one time where i didn't play silver moon um it's always been that way
0: Look, it, I, I, right I, reason, it, it it doesn't matter what game you're playing, whether you know it's Bushido, Magic the Gathering, Forty K, whatever. If you're playing any element of control, you are the bad guy, um, for for better or worse. And I get it to a certain extent, but also at the other time, it's a perfectly valid way of playing the game. Um, so yeah, I I don't believe in MPE, but that's maybe a topic for a different for a different case. I that merely be believe cool... in. That.
1: That's a whole different experience. We, we, we'll, we'll set something else. We'll yeah, yeah something that's a, else on the that's a different that.
0: podcast entirely. So yeah, let's talk about, um, about Travelling Show. Um, is it purely because it allows you to take the things that you want in STS? Or how much do you rely on um, the abilities that it, ge- that it gives you?
1: Um, so for me particular, um, just as a Bushido player in general, um, I tend not to always play in a theme, um, I am of the rule of cool, and I am of the rule of, oh, I want to take this one person, yeah, yeah. and then it ends up always breaking theme, um, mm. so along with some of my friends, or some, along with my local play group, um, it just kind of turned into, do you really need this one character? No? Okay, maybe you should try this theme. Alright, I'll yeah. try that. Um. But definitely Traveling Show, giving me an insider information um, as we go along, um, that is super critical to how I think this list did well and succeeded in Adepticon. Okay. Um, and then also getting available a free luck token every turn, um, that's always super nice and always is awesome to get an extra re-roll somewhere
0: where i need it hey yeah you know in a game of rolling dice being able to to get a do-over is always going to be useful like re-rolls are, re-rolls are a thing there's a reason you have to buy them in blood bowl it's because they're useful um so mm-hmm. like but that impetuous marker um that's a big that's a big thing for you
1: that's a big thing for me um one it helps me control battle like we were just mentioning earlier um mm. being able to kind of take control of the battle as i need um being supposedly the premier control faction um also i see it as a safety guideline or a safety in case i fail tactical role and i need a turn and i need an activation to set something up
0: no and no, that—that no, i think we had a long conversation about this this last time um I'm a big fan of this approach, and it's not really one that I'd considered. I, um, when I play SDS, I tend to use the the Rose theme with mm-hmm. my uh, Girls and Gorillas list, um, and I have Mizal in there pretty much for this purpose of you know what being able to force the tactical role. But I really like this this sort of way of your thinking of like, okay, if I do lose the tactical role, how do I make it like I've won the tactical role? And just being able to force someone to activate. And I'm guessing, because it's a, an opposed key test, that really you're, ch- you're not really choosing a key model on your opponent's side. It's like, who's, who's got a key one stat? Who's probably not going to achieve much? Uh, who's just kind of hanging around at the back? Is it that kind of approach?
1: yep that's uh that's a majority of it. It's uh who can I kind of bully the most to then mm. just kind of literally leave it up to luck is like all right, here's a one key model that I know I can throw this on and that they shouldn't make it um unless if there's like a really really interesting model way out of the way that's like a two key model but usually its priority is what's my one key model that's gonna do that's gonna get in my way the least amount
0: yeah, yeah. and and most of the time I tend to find with people that tends to be um a model that they've got earmarked for flipping a shrine or you know doing something important but maybe not as important as uh as something else or even if, if you are forcing them to to flip that shrine early in the turn you know, you have the opportunity to 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 revert it back again if it's one of those ones or to you're, you're forcing them to waste a prayer point i don't know yeah that that kind of thing There's... you know that kind of thing you want to do towards the end of the turn rather than yeah. at the beginning
1: for sure another fun use is um putting it on Tireless models. I've noticed that in our local play group for one of oh, our I new love players, Um he has Katsumi typically. So if I don't want to have to deal with Katsumi, I at least know I'm going to deal with him up front. So if I make him at least do the role and he gets Impetuous Marker, he can't use Tireless against me to be like, all right, I'm going to start sucking up your activations because I know he's going to go first. So um that's always good. And then I know later on in the turn... I don't have to worry about Katsumi and he's exhausted, so I might be able to capitalize on taking him on, So, or trying to put some wounds on him. So any tireless models, if you can throw an Impetra's marker on it, that's like, um, that. I always applaud that.
0: Oh, that's delicious. I love that. Um, so let's start off, um, as you well know by now, I like to start with the most expensive model uh, in a list and work my way down. And for you, that is a whopping 25 rice of Oda and Tatulu. Correct. Um, I I love Oda. I'm a big fan of Oda. I've never taken Tautulu, uh, so please oh, really? show your working.
1: Um. So my work originally was in a precursor to this list, and the lost episode was Malusi. Um. Mm. I then decided to have a thought one day, which was. I have a twenty-five point model. I want to see what happens if I don't have to dedicate these two to support, and if I just let them run rampant and just really beat stuff up. Okay. Um, the so result this is, like is, a, this is like a solo very... piece. Yeah, just as a solo okay. piece. It's the it's the combo model together for them. Mm. So, um, in this particular case, um, it also helps with me throwing Arashi's fan on them for protection for a range; they don't get shot down super easily. But um, being able to throw the virtue token on themselves and just letting them run rampant and beat up people. Um, One, they're my armor buster. Um, Two, it it surprisingly worked well, um, especially given the matchups that I had, Um, and by no means I were easy matchups, Um, especially two of them were two Oni heavy lists I played against. Mm -hmm. Um, They put in the work and they definitely, um, they are definitely a lot of fun when you let them go run around and beat stuff up and they don't have to worry about supporting anybody because all that key is pretty much for themselves to boost. (laughs)
0: Okay. Okay. So you know, I, whenever I run Oda I tend to have him as a force multiplier very much mm-hmm. um as you know from our previous conversations, I'm a big fan of combat fatties. Um mm-hmm. in one way or another, and so having Oda you know, either in, in inspire or um or that virtue mechanic sort of just him up. But for you this model is very much about a singular uh, entity of just smashing face. Correct. He's pretty. It's pretty simple, but it's pretty effective.
1: Um, since he is the dual model, also, I do have the benefit. Even though in the tournament I was fortunate enough not to have him go down, it almost happened a couple times. Um, but when Oda pops out, um, one, I still get an extra model if I need to move things around. But two, I still be- have access to Rally and Oh, Idolize wouldn't work in this case. But I at least have access to Rally, mm. so I can at least cover a fear aspect if I because I have a bunch of sheet yeah. that kind of belong to help protect me help mitigate some things um from being put in a fear state um and not being able to do a whole lot or at least trying to mitigate my guys um being down dice
0: yeah no that makes perfect sense um yeah i know i i i can see it i had have, i haven't considered it but i can absolutely see it is to uh you know the big guy in the little game master blaster running around smashing face makes perfect sense and that sort of um takes place of what like you're saying of Melosi was in your previous list of just you know another combat fatty um doing combat fatty things Correct. Okay, getting,
1: getting powerful attack on zero when you use that virtue token um very 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 nice I'm not gonna lie
0: <laughs> no, especially you know he they have um brutal baked in which uh, a lot of people look at three combat dice and think nah it's only three, but brutal effectively makes you four. Um, mm-hmm. you're not going to spike as hard but at the same time um, yeah. From a mathemat- purely from a mathematical perspective Brutal 1 is not to be sniffed out on a 3 uh, dice model okay I expected like this big long winded explanation of here's how I'm positioning him for a support aspect but it's no I'm just purely selfish smashy facey on we go
1: yeah
0: <laughs> all I need.
1: I'm a man I'm a very simple man. I'm like the Joker. I was watching Dark Knight. I was watching the Dark Knight. Period. I'm a simple man. I only need a couple of things. I need a model that can be faced, something that can reroll for me, and then just something that's a little bit more flexible. And no, that's kind I, of what this list is.
0: No, no, I get you. I, and you know, and you've you've got um precedent. <laughs> like I said, coming second at a Grandmasters tournament. Clearly you're doing something right, but yeah, I need to reconsider my, my opinion on O and T. So Moving through your list to the to the next most expensive model uh, is a model I think you really, I I, I really want to, this is definitely a model I really want to capture the the, the our previous conversation on because you provided a great deal of insight on Harakichi and I yeah so please yeah wa- uh, Sifu wax lyrical about um you know your uh, your rice bowl wielding friend
1: um he Harakuchi um my local meta hates him. <laughs> um, and after learning how to play him correctly, um, I, I understand why they hate him. Um, I know in our last conversation, I was very confident saying that I would put him top three model in the game. Mm. And after Adepticon, I still feel that way. Wow. Um, he he can be mitigated. He can be mitigated with a one rice card. But depending on when he gets mitigated, yeah. um, it's still target priority that people got to get to him.
0: Um, and it's only for a turn. And like you said, i'm 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 assuming here the one rice card you're referring to is balance um, Correct. <laughs> and and I think as you very astutely pointed out last time even balance your opponent gets to use it once, and the key resource that <laughs> forgive the pun uh the key resource there that you're um you need to turn him on with you're still banking that 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 she into into the next turn.
1: Yep, that is correct. Um, so his big thing is Fortune's Favor, um, being able to effectively have every re-roll ability in the game. Um, that's huge. And with this particular list, using the Fortune mechanic, um, being able to produce four key a turn um, on the off chance that I get balanced and rerolls mean nothing to me. Um, effectively, by turn two, if I get both of the flips and call them correctly, um, I'm sitting on eight key. Mm. Um, and so that's been a huge, that, that's something huge. And the nice thing too with Hatakuchi, if I really need to, um, if I have Fortune's Favor running and I am run out of key, um, if there's nothing I can do, I don't like to do it, but I can always focus with them to give myself an extra two re-rolls. Um, so that way I can pull some extra key off them if I'm in a really sticky situation. Um, yeah. So very flexible character. Um being able to do those rerolls, and surprisingly, being only on two dice, but having that two key boost um he can actually be a surprise fighter. he doesn't hit hard necessarily, but all of a sudden going up to four dice it, you wouldn't come to expect that from a support model
0: hey, look, if it's the end of the turn, you've got a couple of gang ups um you know you're going in against an exhausted model yeah a sh- a, sh- a swift poke in the eye with a set of chopsticks is gonna do some damage um oh, yeah. uh so. You, you know, you've, you've talked about Fortune's Favor, that ability to to force models within that eight-inch aura, and let's be honest, an eight-inch aura is vast on a on a two-foot-by-two-foot two board. A um, couple of key things. One, let's just model. It, it, it is your opponent as well. It's not just, mm-hmm. um, you know, friendly that models, which is huge. But talk to me about cheat fate is that a model that you is that an ability that you get as much use out of or is it really all about the fortune's favor
1: fortune's favor is 98 percent of the time um i i didn't even i didn't have an opportunity to really need to use it um during the tournament um i did have balance come up against him once Mm -hmm. um going through everything but fortune's favor to me is It's a make or break it where I'm either going to lose the match, I feel like, or I'm going to win it, and I just have a bunch of keys stockpiled, and this is probably going to be the last interaction of the game, so I'm going to use it. Um, Gotcha. I kind of almost see it as like a nuclear button because of the amount of key you have to dedicate to it. Harakuchi's great at generating the key, but that's almost like a last resort option, I would think, Um, at least in my play style and how I've used him.
0: That makes sense. Now, Harakuchi's one of those models that... um... I like to maximize things in my list building. Um, And so for me, Harakuchi always looks like a model that I'd want to put old Zoe uh, down on the table with them just to, to funnel as much key from old Zoe into Harakuchi as possible to maximize those, uh, those re-rolls. I really like in this list that you don't do that. (laughs) That,
1: Yeah. He's, he's, I've done, I've thought about that before. Um, and it's been like, I it's I have so many, Silver Moon has so many options. So it's like, mm. I can pick whatever dessert I want to go along with Hatikuchi. Um And so I've thought about taking Old Zo, but at the same time too, that just gives me another model that I have to kind of protect. And Old Zo, sure. if he gets caught, um, that, that that's the end of him. There There is no protecting. Oh, dude's no, going down real fast. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing
0: you can do about it. No, not unless you put like the bodyguard fatty in the list and then again, you know, you're probably already looking at 50 to 60 rights at, at that point and protecting old Zoe does not win games uh, there's no victory points for keeping the dude alive, unless he's a vim, of course, I guess um, uh, Any more on Harakuchi? Um,
1: uh, for those who are new
0: to Silvermoon and
1: those who maybe doubt him give him a try, your local medal will hate you once you figure out how to use him
0: I mean, that's fair, that's fair. But, um... I mean, he's,
1: he's a, he, he for the longest time, I could not find his value or try to get him to work correctly until it clicked one day with uh, our local ninja player in our meta, and then it's like, oh, this is how he's
0: supposed to work, and then everybody else was like, why did you tell him that? <laughs> oh, that's what you want to hear as a control player. Okay, perfect. Let's um, have a look at another model that garners a lot of hate um, and have a chat about Wasapu. With oh, yep, with lucky number eight, if I remember rightly from your previous list,
1: yep, Wasapu and lucky number eight, um, Wasapu, Lord and Savior, um, of all time, <laughs> don't don't care, don't care if he got nerfed in from edition one. He he he's he's my man, no matter what they say. Mm. Um, just I, I don't know what it is about Wasapu. Be, well, okay, I know what it is. It's rapid fire, but <laughs> yeah. just, just having access to the crossbows um is huge. Um, so he's a great shot he's a competent melee fighter even though he's minus two when he fights but he can fight mm. at least um lucky number eight is just the nice security measure where even if i roll a seven on my range attack i'm still hitting you on an eight effectively and that's yep. always beautiful
0: yeah um i've had some wonderful times with wasapu particularly in killing wrath uh sorry in wraith um that plus one crossbow bolt, the ability to put out just a phenomenal amount of shots, mm-hmm. um, is so so useful. Um, and a four eight twelve range is nothing to be sniffed at. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of people look at uh, Dudioko and Buzembo as yeah, the uh, two of the the key uh, or impressive ranged models in the game, and then that Ito Archer, whose name I can never remember um but oh, Yeah yeah that's the one. Um but yep, Watchmo awesome. is uh, particularly if you can somehow squeeze a fire cami into your list which I know you've not done but hey if you want a good time for and make people hate you then <laughs> flaming arrows is definitely a way to go. Um, oh,
1: I've but... I've done that before. It's uh it, it's a lot of fun and it's also been the same thing where it's like yeah my 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 local meta sometimes because I have to take Dofukaya with them and they they have slight nightmares because I figured out how to use him correctly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, a lot's been said about Wasapu, and it's tricky not to sort of tread over all ground, but um, talk to me about Lucky Number 8 uh, and um, why, but- why specifically that upgrade's gone on him.
1: Um, I mean, for some, when I've tested it out on other models, for some reason, I just have seen and just noticed that Lucky Number 8 works the best on Wasapu. There are plenty of candidates that you can throw it on, um, but I've noticed that In our playing through, and as we've probably talked about in some of our videos, shooting in Bushido has this weird sweet spot where almost having lucky number 8 just to make sure it's available for range on you, where you're rolling a 7 you're effectively hitting on the 8, or you're effectively hitting success level, or not success level, but you're getting a net result of an 8. That's just so much more valuable on Wasapu. And since I'd rather throw it on Wasapu instead of a normal uh arrow guides like you know what I may as well do it especially with rapid fire um because mm. I mean I'm gonna get a minus one penalty because I'm gonna be on a second shot so even if I gotta roll a seven getting that net result of an eight effectively kind of mitigates that minus one uh modifier in, in a sense.
0: Um and there's another card in Silver Moon which you and I have joked about in the past and I'm gonna bring it up now which is the free um event card. Uh, in the hands of the cami which uh, there's some very key wording on this which is if you can guess the final result Um, so presume and if anyone wants to correct me on this please do so but I believe uh, because it's final result that would be calculated after um, lucky number 8 has kicked in so you're essentially getting a, a much broader mathematical range of being able to guess the number
1: Yep, that is true, and I think even on lucky number eight, it even says you determine the final results as an eight, so I I would think that you're correct, but someone will say otherwise. Good news, though. I didn't print the card for Adepticon, but I did get a cycle deck as a part of a prize. <laughs> team,
0: now
1: I do have In the Hands of the Kami for future use.
0: Just for everyone else's benefit, this is when we were going through the list last time, and I think the only critique I've ever offered to someone's list on this on this podcast were, was, uh, why haven't you got In the Hands of the Kami? It's free. Just take it. It's amazing. Um, uh, yeah. It, and it, the it... response at the time was
1: is I had not printed it up. Um, <laughs> which... I, I oh, mean, yeah. it's at least a valid,
0: reason, a valid reason. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Hey, so, what a, with Wasapu and I guess by extension, uh, the Kiyokahan crossbowman, when you've um, fired off all four shots, are you taking um, that that mulligan turn uh, or just giving up two activations at the beginning of a turn to reload, or do they does their focus shift?
1: Their focus typically shifts um, mm. in the particular games that I was playing at at Adepticon because they were oni heavy. Um, it, that conver- that thought in my head did come up where it's like, if I run out of arrows, I might actually do the, I might actually sacrifice to get the arrows back to sure. lay waste to a huge oni, or at least put some serious damage on them. Um, but typically, once I run out of uh, bolts and the crossbow mode switches over from doing as much damage as I can to either being ob- idle, ob- idle flippers or objective grabbers, or start running into people and start wasting some activations because, uh, and effectively, I'm going to sacrifice you to some extent. Waspoo just has a little bit of
0: a better fighting stay. Gotcha. So, like, principally, they're there for those four shots, and the chances are after that, yeah, you're done. Uh, yeah, for the another. most part, you you, you you've served your purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Also at 12 is one of my favorite models in the faction and this is not a model that was in your previous list and I'm really pleased to see him there now which is Cade. Um so I know how I use Cade but what does Cade do for you?
1: Cade found its way into my heart cuz when I first saw Cade a couple of years when I first got into psion I'm like I-, I don't understand this guy he not looks cool I don't understand how to work at I don't understand how to use him. I now understand that I was foolishly wrong, and Kate is um, super huge. Um, first and foremost, he gives me that reflip, so that allows yep. me to be a little bit more bullish with using fortune on all my guys and just going for it and to uh, double my key production, um, which in this particular list, super huge, so that way I can funnel more fortune favor and get more rerolls. Mm-hmm. Um, part two is using heed my word... The free move ability um, in very creative ways. <laughs> yep. Um, because it's a free, how it's worded, it's a free move action. Um, if I need to reposition a model somewhere else, I can do it. Or in a lot of other cases, like in the tournament, for instance, um, my opponent uh, last round um, had moved an Oni up, taken out one of my models. I decided to lure him forward with Cade using Heed My Word. And then flipped him around just so that way Wasapu could take a very nice um, shot to the back on a very large Oni doing quite a bit of damage.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: so, those are, that's Cade's kind of big role in this is he's meant for support to kind of make sure everybody can reflip for as long as possible. Um, after that, I mean, it's just pulling either moving my guys around if I need to, otherwise, it's actually drawing people in because with Willpower One, he actually does pretty good on a post key test.
0: Mm hmm. Um, as someone that's played a lot of skirmish level wargaming uh, with Bushido or Malifaux or or Gilboa and things like that um, I cannot stress how good out of activation movement is Um, Mm -hmm. the big the the, the big lie (laughs) of content creators in wargaming is um Ultimately, the single most important skill related to your game is where are your models on the board? Um, And there is no amount of card reading or battle rep watching or anything like that i'm sorry all other fellow content creators but this game comes down to where your models are on the board that is a hard skill that you have to learn yourself and that is only done through reps and heed my word is or anything anything that gives you out activation movement is worth considerably more than you think it is i can't emphasize this enough um, and, like, particularly in this game, like you just said, moving my opponent's models and then changing their facing is is huge. Like, whether you're then getting surprise shots off, whether the, you're then um, turning someone around so that I can use uh, an ability that doesn't require line of sight or moving them out of objectives move them off shrines or just having a model of mine extend its threat range as so much of this game is is, uh, breaking parity in a favourable way to me uh, in terms of combat lines and stuff like that just if you've ever not if you've got a model in your faction that has the ability to move other models in your faction or the opponent's models um give it a go i can't i can't really stress it enough
1: oh and i totally agree i mean that was part of the also the other thing once i figured out after a couple of reps i'm not gonna lie kate took me a long time where it's like oh okay the flip kind of works and heed my word kind of works but um long before adepticon when i kind of picked up the model because i was just finishing up the collection um it, it took a while but once i figured him out um i almost think that he is the best partner for Hadakuchi, um, mm. just mainly for he can support him well, and then he can support the rest of the faction very well. Um, Old Zoe, I know we talked about as being like a great as a great option to him. I almost like Cade better with him because Cade offers more support to the list as well versus Old Zoe yeah. still does offer support to him uh, or to the list as well. But his role, especially given this, is going to be, I'm going to focus on giving everything to Hadakuchi yeah. and making him work one hundred and ten percent versus Cade's. Like I'm going to bring the whole list up al- along with me, while also supporting Harukichi with my bypass ability.
0: No, I think you're absolutely right, and I think the whereas you know, one would be tempted to to, to tax and then to to channel key from Old Zoe into Harikuchi, um The 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 coin flipping effectively does that for you, um, <laughs> possibly not as spiky. Um, but it's also not opponent dependent because one of the one of the worst things you can see with his old Zoe is an opponent that's prepared not to spend key. Um, yeah, you, know, you go up against a Minamoto player and they're like, mm, I don't care, I'm just going to smash you in the face with the Tetsubo. Um, I can n- not spend for these abilities because that is going to to hurt you and to effectively negate Ten Rice in your list. Um, yeah, I think and then does so much more. Um, equally, misdirection. Mm -hmm. Um, just the ability to turn off um, zones of control and not be in base to base it's not an opposed key test it happens automatically Um, it affects soulless models like misdirection is a really really good ability and a highly underrated one of just like cool, I'm going to walk away from you now or I'm going to flip this shrine I don't care that you're stood next to me that's game changing uh, stuff. Oh, I didn't actually.
1: I read it. I just never actually felt confident in myself to use it. And mm. I, I I've, I've done crazy things before. At the time during Adapticon, one had never presented itself to. I just was like, I, I, I go and do crazy things, and I think some of my opponents thought that a couple times. But it's like I'm, I'm not that crazy
0: yet. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find um, Cade's uh, Caillou ability in this? So in the final turn, while this model is in play, every model with a cost of right less than ten. Is removed from play another model in the same warband loses an activation counter does that come up a lot for you or is that just like a little if, nice to have if i remember
1: it's kind of nice to have um mm. i think it only came up once in our plays um but typically um if i remember it it can be kind of big but also once you're kind of to that point it's like it's winding down um especially since it's the last turn of the game um so it's almost one of those things where it's like it can matter but it might not as much um because if if i've done well in the game um there may only be one model left maybe two that i've got that opponent's model tied up with another model so I- i'm not worrying about taking activations away from them at that point then it becomes an act it actually becomes bad for me
0: yeah because yeah, then no, it's like oh, i'm gonna
1: start losing uh activations here if i'm not careful
0: mm, no fair um talking of models that cost less than 10 rice <laughs> seamless um you have two uh Quircahan, yes i'm sure that's how that's pronounced uh in your list than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh the nunchuck dudes um are these here for a fight are these here for for scheme running what are what are you using these folks for
1: these are my flex pieces. Um, if there's a guy that needs to be fought um, and they're just needing to tie someone up, guess who's going in to go do it. If there's an idol that needs to be flipped or someone that needs to go pray somewhere, um, guess who's probably going to go do that. Um, if there's someone that needs to take an arrow for Hadacuchi or Oda and Tantalo for some reason, and guess who's getting mm. thrown in there is um, is these two guys. Um, so they're kind of for eight points, they're too good not to take. Um, Three dice, or I'm sorry, three dice in attack, um, and with range defense one. Um, that's super awesome. And so just having them tie everybody up, um, or just kind of do whatever. I mean, I'm not feeling destroyed if they get killed, and they they can they can put in the work. Um, also doing dirty fighting where I just imagine them throwing pocket sand, like in King of the Hill, um, at <laughs> random monks or just random people, so they can't do special abilities. That,
0: that, that's always hilarious. <laughs> also, I, you know, as we talked about, I talked with Jason on like the very first episode of uh, Roll Dice Rice, being able to block um, like Master Reynolds' Goku Satsu, um, uh, Divine Hell Murder, or whatever the actual translation of that is, uh, attack with an eight rice model is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> um, it definitely is. <laughs> um, not that I can imagine him using a Goku Satsu attack on one of them, but at the same time, it's nice that it's there. Like. For 8 rice these fellas do a lot and they are real good like oh yeah like having range defense 1 on your mook model is superb um mm-hmm. like you compare this 8 rice to the 12 rice you were paying for like a, a loyal yarriman um in shiho i would take a gokuhan or kiokuhan every single day of the week They're like they are so good for what you're paying for them
1: Oh, absolutely, um, and I am okay with that. I mean, the, for the even their minor drawbacks, which even though they're not really drawbacks, it's just that is how it. it that is fair at that point. Anything extra that you're giving these guys, um, I mean, I think it's even generous that they have fortune as well. Yeah, um, I, I would be okay if they lost fortune. I mean, I don't use it all the time with them. But if they lost it, I, I would not feel like, oh, that, that they're broke or they- they're no longer usable. It's like, no, th- these guys are absolutely still usable and they are going to harass people. Um, my local meta, every time when they fight them, is like, you get an eight Bryce model that gets how many dice in hand to hand combat? How is this balanced or fair?
0: Yeah, like there's a number of abilities that you could take off that card and I would still absolutely put them in my list um, every single time, uh, which is probably an indication that maybe they are too cheap. Um, But, you know, fortunately, no one listens to this podcast. (laughs) Uh, So Jason, uh, Andy, if you're listening, stop it. Stop it. Uh go back to making new fancy Ronin and Void monks that I've not even yeah. read the cards yeah. for yet. Make, uh, make new void
1: monks, um, That that we'll we'll will be all good with that. I know everybody in our local meta that pretty much bought a box, bought a box, and so they're um they're all getting ready to paint up and getting ready to use them probably to kick my butt and be like, Oh guess what? Silver moon tricks don't work here and here. <laughs> even though <laughs> yeah, we've already seen on the boards that they that they've already um out at least one or two flaws where it's like oh silverman's gonna really inconvenience these guys just like everybody else in bushido so i'm happy
0: (laughs) and and very quickly to everyone um who likes to approach us content creators and like hey can you do something on this um and please please do continue to reach out and say things like that because it's absolutely delightful but i'll be honest i haven't got a clue how they work and when i can find someone that does i will bring them on and we'll have a chat (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean we're still trying to figure it out right now. The the mechanic just how they work just from what our group has been looking at and our again one of our big players who um who's also a playtester has been asking on the boards about it. Um there's a lot of caveat with them. Um monk models I worry that they are going to be they're going to definitely walk all over Silvermoon because they can jump around the board it seems like very quickly and you mm-hmm. already have a small board to begin with, so support models are already number one um for uh, uh for killing targets
0: <laughs> that's fair that's fair um so we had a quick chat about the kirkahan ah your two named friends Oh uh, rex and chad my pit dogs. <laughs> yes, like rex I, rex I... always makes sense to me but like the fact that you call one of them chad just cracks me up I I, it's just, I forget
1: what it was. It was actually I think we went to a hibachi place one time, and I think that was our hibachi's chef's name was Chad. And then I just like <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna go with it. I got Rex as one of my pit dogs, and then Chad. Everybody respects Chad, the pit dog.
0: It's it It's like when you get someone who calls their cat Steve, and you're like, that's a perfectly fine name, but it doesn't really fit an animal. Um, anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, pit dogs. I love them because they're cheap. Uh, I also I... love them for because they're cheap. They're cheap and they also have tough.
1: So um, my same good. person, our ninja player, always hates them because he it slips his mind after I'm continually frustrating him um, with other things. Like, wait, a three rice model gets tough. I'm like, oh yeah, you know it definitely does. Um,
0: <laughs> and so I don't there's... think I don't think I've ever had anyone fail that fear check.
1: I have had it happen twice. Yeah, and one of them was a bra-
0: model with bravery so that was even better um but that's I the thing: it was like forcing your opponent to pick up those dice and roll them uh, at some point it's going to be hilarious um or you're just making them nervous because they have to roll some dice
1: yeah that's how that's how it is with greg um i think it was against greg where it happened where i had my pit dog walk into kahimi she rolled snake eyes and then she rolled Snake Eyes again on bravery. and I was like, I am so sorry. He's like, we're, we're, you know what? We're done. We're done
0: with it." <laughs> All right. Thanks, uh, Ray. Let's shake hands and go re-rack and do something else, and let's get a drink.
1: Pretty uh, much. Um, but uh, otherwise, I mean, they're also good targets to suck up arrows um, for mm. my more important models like um, Harakuchi, because um, they're also tiny, so I get that benefit um otherwise there i use them to suck up activations or i use them as three-point missiles for it's like oh i'm going to charge across the map and i'm going to tie this one thing up and if i'm lucky i'll maybe do some damage to you
0: yeah yeah uh yeah i mean the great pylon models they count for the zones is that right yes they
1: count for zones but they're insignificant so they can't prey on anything which yeah. i'm
0: not too worried
1: about but if but they can still engage something and cause them to be like oh well there goes your activation but they sure. do count for zones which is nice
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so that's your list. So it's Oda and Totolo with the Arushi fan, or Ashi fan, Um, Harakichi, Wasapu with lucky number eight, Cade, two Kiyokahan two Pit Dogs. That's what? One, two, three, four, five, eight activations. Solid. Mm -hmm. But naturally, this is a Silverman Trade Syndicate list, so we're going to talk an awful lot about um, cards uh as is the way so let's start with three inside informations
1: yep um so this is what makes this list really um really nasty and i know i gave a little bit of a chat on the discord because um greg i look i woke up my woke up the day after adapticon or after greg had posted um the listings and i caused a small commotion in the silver moon boards which i'm Amazing. like oh wow um i'm not used to this um And so in three insider information, along with traveling show, um, effectively I can get eight impetuous markers throughout the game um, Mm. because I can either with the one free that I get every turn um, to have someone challenge against it. And then after that, um, I have the extra impetuous marker that I can just throw down. So if I want to double activate someone for one model to make sure I do other things, I can um, other times I throw them out in spite when a model passes the Impetuous check. I'm like, oh, I passed my Impetuous check. Yeah, I don't care. I'm having this person go. They well, need to okay go. then. Here
0: you go. <laughs>
1: That's pretty much what it is. Um, and this, th- this definitely makes or breaks um, my list. And like we've been kind of talking about today in our last conversation, um, being able to control um, my opponent's activation order, and then it's it, it, it's a huge, huge thing for Silvermoon, just huge in this game in general. Sometimes I go back to games like, how the hell did I win? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I told them that this model had to go first.
0: And that's, that's certainly something we talked about last time. In as much as I will wax lyrical about the importance of out-of-activation movement, being able to dictate your opponent's activation order is equally just as important, um, particularly if... Um, you know, if you're the kind of player, like I am, who likes to stack debuffs on an opponent before going in with a beta to really sort of garner as many bonuses as possible, having that beta be forced to go first entirely negates my game plan. Um, so models like Cora um, and the Ninja, whose name I can never remember, which can really force um, who which model is going to go next. To me, I think are a highly undervalued resource from competitive gaming equally so is impetuous so that makes perfect sense to me what why why with with inside information you've uh, you've gone so hard on it as you can because it can mm-hmm. really sway games
1: oh it can i mean even in um the games where i played at adepticon um i know because I, as i mentioned i played against two oni lists um two alpha lists they were mm-hmm. really really tough um especially with that two-headed demon getting four four dice and uh plus one that that was ridiculous um to it forced my i know in one of the games they definitely forced my opponents to start using Oni Rage because they wanted to give themselves options so the only way that they could generate an impetuous marker themselves was going berserk um which then that also opened me up to more opportunities because it's like oh well now you're aggressive so this makes it much more advantageous for me just to like hit you as hard as i can because i know you're not going to put a lot of dice into defense unless you can buy more dice
0: yeah makes sense makes sense um bought loyalty then this one I mean this seems like higher risk high reward to me
1: i mean i I stand by bot loyalty i, oh, I know no, sure in the community or at least in the when I kind of gave my two cents on it I always take bot loyalty in a lot of lists on a lot of lists where I see people throw them up. they don't take it very often, but to me, having that is like my one ace on a model that's going to do something and the potential for me to stop it, even if it's a two key model it's like I got to take a chance on this, even though it's not high likely it's going to happen. But I mean, if it's does 50-50. Happen, it does it, happen. It's right. it's huge. Mm. Um, it, it can be very game altering, or it can stop something that I need to stop to hopefully hopefully get in my opponent's way, um, or just again interrupt them, and then it kind of screws up their order of activations where they're doing things.
0: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, yeah, even against the t- on a Tiki model, Challenge Test Six is a fifty fifty. It's coin flip, um, and that's worth like you said in those kind of occasions where it can be game breaking that's worth flipping a coin uh i wouldn't rely on it but it's absolutely worth having it in your arsenal Mm -hmm. um so hotai's blessing i love this card
1: i do as well um i'm so glad that so this card used to be a ronin card actually um then when they went to risen (laughs) sun gct did the only proper thing and made sure that was silver moon exclusive um and I mean, I the turn that I use this, it just saves me additional key off of Patacucci. um so then I can focus more on messing with my opponent's dice because then I'm not worrying as much about rolling my own ones until I roll another one. Mm-hmm. Then I gotta, like, then I gotta start making some choices.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but just like affecting, I'm gonna affect every single model on my list for the entire turn, whether it's my whether I'm the active model or not. That's worth two rice. It's absolutely oh, yeah. worth two, rice. Really, really love it. Um, one I've not taken is Preordain.
1: This one was actually something that I picked up after talking with Greg about. Um, mm. Originally, like in our previous list, I usually would take the coin string. Um, yes. But after, because after, Greg's been using it a lot on the channel, um, Preordain is actually pretty clutch. um Depending on what you get for your dice roll. If you roll a really poor die Guess he's getting that die your opponent and if you get a really good die guess he's keeping those dice Um, the other cool thing that we kind of also realized with once we rule once we were uh, reading through everything how preordained works is is that if you're you can also use it on your opponent's damage roll as long as it's before the die is rolled so if you got like a three or a four you can in effect hopefully minimize some of the damage that you're going to take from your opponent say, you know what, I'm going to take one of your dice in here. You got a three. Mm. So you're, you're welcome for the three. And then the worst that you could do is nine points or you can hit a success level nine on the charts mm. um, for damage or something like that. So there's a lot of flexibility in the card. Um And in other cases, you know what, if you just need a success, just because you need something to go through, it's good. Otherwise it's always nice to have that extra die in your pocket. Um, if you need a result going if you roll like two sixes, it's like, you know what, I need to pass the sphere check when this happens, or I need to pass this at this time.
0: Yeah, you know, it I frequently have included Raki, um, the luck cami in my lists for Same. a very, like a very similar purpose. Um but, you know, this card is two rice and not eight. So <laughs> oh, sorry, three rice oh, and not so eight. Bad. Yeah, it's three, I believe. yeah. Um, so you know you you're you're gaining a net saving at the cost of an activation and a model and all the other little things that Raki brings. Um, so yeah, it entirely makes sense why you've got pre-order in your list, and I clearly need to give give it more of a go and um, and things like that. Final item on your list, the I, the thing I've been quoted, I believe, is my hot take in the past is that no competitive list is complete without it. Uh, the one rice rice bale barricade yeah um
1: I, I took this just because it was like i mean i've got a million other one rice things i can take but i do see the value of having this um especially since depending on how the maps are set up and just the fact that it can ignore the the half the spacing for terrain um it's too good not to take and especially after reading how the rice bale barricade works where a you have to spend key along with an action to remove it it's like it may as well be a permanent structure unless if you have Raksha run into it and he just destroys it because he's a ranging oni with a tori gate
0: (laughs) yeah i mean fair um it's it's one of those things like i talked on earlier it's one of those hard skills of gaming that there's i can't there's no words that I can use to impress upon you how important the ability to dictate terrain in a game of where my models are and where the terrain is on the boards uh take it
1: <laughs> Just... oh I definitely understand that I mean like there were some there was one or two matchups where it's like this is kind of rough but I definitely in all of my time of gaming and I mean I've been doing it since I was little that's what me and that's what Greg taught me growing up mm. uh, a lot of the times at least in this case the rice bale barricade was just used as if i could use it to inconvenience my opponent and create a bottleneck i did it otherwise it was where can i put it so that way i can let odin tantalo kind of control a section of the board Mm. and not worry about getting shot at as much because i'll get cover
0: (laughs) yeah and it's one of those things where it doesn't have to be a hundred percent good for you like if it's if it's like and there's no way of quantifying these numbers but if it's like 40% good for me but 80% bad for my opponent then 100% that's where I should be putting it Like, how can I inconvenience my opponent as much as possible by dictating terrain uh, so that's your list I
1: yeah, like that it is, I do like that's it, it all
0: um, again
1: I, it, it put in work um, it did as well as um, I mean you came did, second
0: it, it definitely put in work oh, yeah. it definitely did <laughs> um so if we were to break down the the scenarios into the three categories that i usually refer to and i appreciate that this isn't perfect of shrines zones and vim uh let's start at the back end with the who who when you get to nominate your vim who typically are you taking
1: so in this particular list it's probably gonna be wasapu um okay is a good option um, but the only reason why I don't like Harakuchi being that, especially in our local meta, um, Harakuchi is like, he's up there number one with Wasapu is like who needs to be killed first. Um, so sure. he's always got a target on his back. Um, Harakuchi, I also, you don't want him necessarily up there. You kind of want him hiding behind a rock and then just being in his aura of rerolls. Um, so he's not as mobile Wasabu, you at least have an ex. You can kind of fake him out to have an excuse to being up the board. Um, whether that's gaining position or if he ran out of ammo, then it's like, oh well, he's gonna go run and go do something else. I would think Oda and Tantalo would be a good option, but the issue is, is that he's my beat stick, so I don't want necessarily throw my too many jokes, too many jokes
0: to jobs. do yeah.
1: that. Um, and also, range is just always something that I'm just paranoid from it because we use it a lot in our local meta. Um so but he that's just he's already got a target on his back for just being for the fact that he's a medium sized based
0: model. Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um so zones then you from a soft skill perspective and for anyone that maybe maybe you're new to to, to miniatures wargaming you're new uh, to miniature to the, that terminology when i talk about the difference between hard skill and soft skills soft skills are things that are written on the card hard skills are the ability of the person piloting the deck or sorry p- piloting the crew uh my magic player is showing through um yeah. all blue all blue all day um, baby yeah, that's
1: um, what the, i'm not gonna lie when i was like <laughs> I bet beards a blue because he's so big. Silver moon. It's like, and the sad thing is, is when I do play Magic, like when I feel like my friends are getting into it and they buy a deck, I'm usually red. I'm usually red mana, so it's yeah. like, yeah. And also,
0: I would highly like if you if you if you don't play Magic, um, if you do, then you can get all of the in jokes that Jason puts into GC to, into Bushido uh, from the Kamigaro block, um, <laughs> including <laughs> most of the Shio Magic items, um you don't have a a, a lot of armor a lot of toughness you don't necessarily have a lot of resilience in um, in your dudes and that's fine because that's not necessarily the sds's strong point so why play into that so when it comes to the zone games what's your game plan are you trying to take all three are you trying to take like two key ones
1: Usually I will try to get the middle zone. Um, it's very doable with Oda and Tantalo and then having Harakuchi back me up with dice uh, or back me up with rerolls. Um, and then I'll usually hold on to zone one mm-hmm. um, and I usually will stick on to those zones um, if it's um, like a three zone list. Um if it's like more of the larger zones, then it becomes a little bit more difficult, but I can still send Oda and Tantalo over just as big as they are. 25 rice is included. Um, th- th- that will make a statement there too, to hopefully outpoint my opponent. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that makes sense. Otherwise what'll end up happening. And I know one of the events um, where I played against uh, a temp, one of uh, or actually it was one of our local guys. Um, he was playing temple. Um, it actually ended up taking a mook. One of my Koyukan guys just running up the flank um and just like all of a sudden there's like oh a dude in that zone it's like all right well i got my support model here and now i've got to take one of my big hitters and reroute him to do stuff while i go and send him to go after the little girl who throws out virtue tokens i'm like uh hit you with my nunchuck and take you out
0: (laughs) yeah that'll happen um perfect so the shrines then um your kirkahan are your your flippers as you call them thumbs mm-hmm. as i refer to them um how are you like in saying the sixth shrine game where you're trying to get into prey on the back line
1: so i really st- with that i tend to struggle a little bit with that mm. um just because even with the extra little dudes there if i matched up with close to equal model counts um it becomes very difficult for me to get to those back zones and I end up having to make a rash decision, like preying on a middle idol twice. Um, and of course I don't necessarily have some of the staying power to protect my back line, especially in this particular list. Um, so it's working as best as I can to at least hopefully grab one of those back end zones. Um, otherwise it's trying to maybe keep the middle tied up for as long as I can. Um, and hopefully, i would activate the enemy. Activate my adversary. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, it's kind of get what I can and try to thin down those numbers a little bit, so that way I get a little bit of breathing room.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So that's sort of how you approach the three uh, objectives, as uh, as I categorize them. So then, a few only a few more questions. Who is it you absolutely hate to see across the table from you? And I'm talking here in terms of faction, not just Greg. Uh... Yeah. Actually, I <laughs> mean,
1: I, he hates seeing me across the table as well as and Cody. They they both hate seeing me against the, across the table, but that's because Cody has trauma from my our dice because we've been playing together since elementary school and middle school. Oh, man um, my And my dad's just kind of like, oh, yeah, well, I know you have dice. I don't know if you're my child sometimes because your dice are amazing. <laughs>
0: Uh so yeah so in terms of faction, who is it you hate seeing across the table from you
1: um temple Brokan or i'm sorry temple Brokan, <laughs> uh, they they definitely um get up there because they can just do everything um the cody who's uh who won the tournament, i mean he played temple, they have an answer for it just seems about everything, and once to them mean because the majority of their models all have kata. kata yeah um they are definitely one that I don't like seeing um savage wave actually is some is one of those tougher matchups too um because they can throw fear out um if it's an only heavy list and they can bully me around a bit more that's Um, what you you do have
0: quite a lot of one one chi models in your list so is fear like a, a particular achilles heel
1: It can be, it it can definitely be an Achilles heel. Um, The good thing is is that in this particular case, if I really needed to, I can use Rally with Oda and Tantalo. So that was just kind of a byproduct of like, okay, I have at least a little bit of coverage. Even though I'm going to get hit with Fear, I can at least try to help mitigate that. And then Cult would also go along um, in that same mindset with um, being able to throw out the Fear. Um, Those are usually the three factions that I really don't want to see, but Silvermoon as a whole... um, they got they they don't do every, they don't do one thing perfect in my opinion just when I've seen them so Agreed. it's kind of how flexible can I be with my guys which I think that I've made a pretty flexible list here um, to just deal with it where it's like you know what you're gonna exploit this weakness but I at least have the flexibility to do these two other things to give me a shot at getting sure. a win here.
0: Sure, that makes sense. So conversely, who do you love to see across the table from you?
1: I actually don't mind seeing ninja across the table from me. I know that's going to probably controversial. be controversial. Well, that's <laughs> probably one of the more controversial things, I, I will say. Um, but ninjas, I mean, because I have the ability to control what the ninjas can do, in a sense. Sure. Um, that is much bigger um, than them being able to be like, oh, I'm still going to wipe out your force. It's like, yeah, but I'm going to do things in an or I'm going to do it in the order that I want to do rather than you want to do which either forces them to start spending all of their past tokens which is even better for me especially when it gets to be turn two or three mm-hmm. um versus like i have to do this because i'm not going to be i'm not going to take that i'm not going to take the fact that i'm going to take away activations from everyone else and that way i can do other things perfect so perfect. that that that's who i usually don't mind actually going up against um and of course Eto, just because that's what my dad plays and i, I think i've kind of gotten them figured out um but, again, they're also super quick, so they can get things ahead of time. And then it's like, uh, what do I do from there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Perfect. So the final question uh, for you, Jamie. Um, What is your go-to rice dish at the takeaway?
1: Barbecue pork fried rice. Um, that's uh, what I grew up on since I was little.
0: Just it's a uh, fast answer.
1: <laughs> oh, that's because, I mean, we had the cello back in our old town um, before we moved closer towards Chicago here. We had the Chinese restaurant across the street from our local game store. We call her up. She, she knew us on caller ID, plus I'd been going there
0: since I was born. She's like, <laughs> oh, to
1: barbecue pork fried rice, come over in 10 minutes and it's ready for you.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to appreciate that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, loyalty and that kind of uh, knowledge from your local takeaway. Perfect. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for taking the time to to go through your list again and for coming up with a different list. I love that. Um the the first list will remain a mystery to the void. Uh congratulations once again. Um on coming second at Adepkin. That is absolutely nothing to be sniffed at. And do you want to give uh, the channel a plug? I should have done that at the top.
1: Oh, sure. Um, So for those of you that are new to hearing from me, at least, um, we are on YouTube, uh, Gaming with the Guys Miniatures on YouTube. Um, We are slowly getting our Facebook page up and running. So eventually we'll have that link to some of our videos. So then that way we can start doing um, other things that we plan on doing. Um, And I know that we're eventually going to do some form of a podcast um and i know that we've been trying to work on we're, we're trying to work on that right now um but the, we were supposed to do on it this week but um the, greg's in quarantine right now because of uh notices oh. from so uh he's doing good but it's still uh but hopefully we're gonna have something up here we'll have a first episode hopefully in the next week or so um fingers crossed of course <laughs>
0: excellent excellent well again thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today And until next time, handy listeners such as you are, I need a better outro.